Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Well, here we are on a Monday night in downtown Everett, and it's time for Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO. I'm Tom Lafferty. Steve Willits is here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing pretty good. Got your uh, your Aqua Sox hat on. I like it. I Representing, my, even in the offseason. It's an original year one of the Aqua Sox. Is that really year one? Year it's number one. It's the same logo from here, isn't it? I'm yeah, across the, same logo. the room, but okay. Yeah. Webley doesn't look like he's changed much on that one. Webley hasn't changed very much in, in all these years. Hey, Webley. Well, actually, the Webley, the costume has changed <laughs> yeah, a little bit over the years. That's but, true. That's <laughs> probably true. for the better. Yeah, Webley, don't go changing for us. Today's show brought to you by McLean Insurance in Silver Lake, the Buzz In Steakhouse, Hattrick Northwest by the law office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon Farmers Insurance by Screen Printing Northwest, and by hometown handyman, we're not. We don't have any football anymore. We we're don't. Well, we're still going to talk a little football here in yeah. a minute, but we don't have any football guests. Yeah, the final football game of the season. Uh, that was a rough one, and for some of us, rough in more ways than one. Uh, it was. <laughs> you were up in the nice warm booth, although it was a nice cozy booth with a little eight foot by five foot room or whatever it was right, you four right. were in. But it was cold outside. I know yes. a lot of people are like, "Hey, glad we're out of the Tacoma Dome." Uh, not if you're standing outside in the freezing cold, but yeah, final championship game, and unfortunately for Lake Stevens, uh, yeah, it didn't go very well. So we uh, we won't be talking to any football guests tonight. We're uh, we're going full board pretty much now into the winter sports seasons, and we're going to talk some winter sports. We've got coaches uh, and players tonight to speak with, and we're going to start off here during the. Uh, I guess we'll call it segment number two because this is the first segment. We're going to talk to Steve Johnson, the Jackson Timberwolves boys basketball coach. They're off to a 2-0 start this year. And so uh, we'll kind of take their uh, their temperature, see how they're feeling after the first couple of games now that they have fans in the stands. Fans in the stands. Which is nice, yeah. Second segment, and this one are the second segment after the opening segment. This one kind of fell into our laps, and I, I kind of enjoyed this one. Um Aaron Lommers, our our friend, I almost said our former friend. He's our former Prep Sports <laughs> Weekly co-host. Yeah. He's still our friend. Yes, he is. Aaron is now a an assistant coach with the Shorewood Girls basketball team. And Aaron posted a video on Facebook, I guess it was. And I knew that I had to take off running with this one, and we had to do something with it. Shorewood's girls JV team had a basketball game on Friday night in which they were down by a point to Burlington Edison – Three seconds to go in the game. Burlington Edison's at the free throw line, shooting one and one. Shot goes up. It's missed. A young lady by the name of Lily Dahl grabs the rebound. She feeds it out to her teammate, Caitlin Spotafora. She takes the ball. I actually froze it. You can see the uh, the clock in the background. I think she gets the ball in her hands with 1.4 seconds to go, and she's on the shoulder of the free throw line, kind of outside the free throw line, but still within the – three-point uh, three circle from the other side of the court. Yeah, the other end. The other end. She yeah. takes one dribble, lets it go from about 50-something feet out, and she's at an angle. She's almost on the sideline. Another girl comes flying in and tries to block her shot. I think they made, even made a little contact. Ball goes up off the backboard in from 50-plus feet out, and they win the game 41-39. It's the best Wesco basketball finish I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, games yeah. I've been at or seen on video. Phenomenal finish. I... I had a friend earlier going, well, it's just a JV game. Well, if you're a player, it's not just a JV game. No. That's, 
and you you know you play to win or lose. They keep score. So Caitlin is a uh, she got to be the hero on Friday night. So we have Caitlin and Lily, the rebounder and the shooter. Did an interview with them earlier today. I, sw- I swung by Shorewood's practice. Also, uh, Emily Zentz, who is the uh, JV coach over there. Aaron Lommers joined us for part of the interview. And Brandon Glasser, who is the new Shorewood girls basketball coach. They were getting ready for practice, so he came over for about two or three minutes. We got him, and then he took off again. And by the time he came back out, we were done with the interview. So he makes a cameo in the uh, the interview. But so five uh, five people associated with the Shorewood girls JV basketball team. We're going to talk about that. Uh, magnificent win that they had on Friday night. And then finally, in the final segment, we're going to talk to a friend of the show, Brian Alfie. He's the boys wrestling coach over at Edmonds Woodway. I think he's still, pretty sure he's still the president of the Coaches Association, I think, in the state for uh, okay. for wrestling. They just hosted a 24-team uh, tournament on Saturday. No fans in the stands. But Edmonds Woodway hosting their first tournament that they've had in like 21 or 22 months. So right. kind of get a feel for how that went and what Brian thinks in terms of how we're uh, progressing anyway for the wrestling season. Okay, so let's shall we run down the uh, scores and what happened last weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Football? We had six six state championship football games, right? And can we settle th- one thing right off the bat? <laughs> What's that? We're not going back to the Tacoma Dome. People were on Twitter and social media say, oh, these games should be in the Tacoma Dome. If you weren't there for the the last time we played in the Tacoma Dome, it can't be in there. No, it really can't. Not with the configurations no. there now. I mean, again, there are pros and cons. I mean, again, 36, 37 degrees, windy out. It was very chilly sure. outside. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, I will say this. I mean, I, I did the sideline reporting for the game. You were doing play-by-play. Standing on the sideline, and I even talked about this with Ryland Spencer a little bit when we were out there, it's weird because you're at a high school sure. campus in a high school stadium watching a state championship football game. And I guess you and I are both from the eras of Tacoma Dome and the Kingdom, for that matter. Well, I'm from the era of the uh, you, more Memorial, than me- Memorial Stadium. Well, that kind of gets back, yeah, which is bigger, I guess. But yeah. just in the, in terms of the last sure. thirty plus years, there's always kind of been this big. Yep. It feels bigger than than it normally would on a Friday night kind of effect when you play mm-hmm. in one of those large stadiums, mm-hmm. knowing that that's where the Seahawks play or this is where other professional teams have played. I, I, it just has a weird vibe to it when you're on the sideline. You don't feel like you're at a state championship game, although crowds were very engaged. It was packed. I mean, standing room only. I mean, up you look up on top and they were three, four people deep, people trying to look over each other. So from that standpoint, it was kind of fun. But I, I get where some people would go, you know what, even if even if the sight lines aren't as good, no, 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 in, indoors no, is no. still better. So no. I know you're you're not a, a fan no. of it. I'm I personally am not either, but I just I kind of see I, the other side of the argument a little bit. Sitting but. in the stands, you can't see a third of the field. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, okay, that's Yeah, fine. no, the, when they when they reconfigured the Tacoma right. a few it years was ago, great it, they changed. Yeah, before that, I would have loved to have gone back. But sure. I don't know. I still, I'm not sure and, what the ultimate solution is. I still wouldn't mind seeing that game being played in like a college and, stadium. But And we talked about it, I think, in the booth, and we also talked about it on the way home. Uh, we don't have a mid-major call. You have Husky Stadium. We don't. Okay? It's huge. Mm-hmm. And if you put 3,000, 4,000 people in there, you rattle around. You know, you can kind of do it at Century Link, but they've got so many events going on, too, that, you know. Yeah, and like you said, we don't have the the, the MAC or the, a Mountain West type of a school where you have a nice 30,000-plus stadium, not something that's me- Martin Stadium. Okay, that'd be great. Martin okay. Stadium wouldn't be bad. A little. Are we little, going to Pullman? Yeah, a little far <laughs> off the beaten path for most teams. Right. And even, you know, I mean, even you know Tomlinson over in Central is not. That's like a no. high school stadium. Yeah. So yeah, you really don't have a lot of options around here. So I don't you know, know. And they tore down that big concrete one that we used to have that everything was in. 
You know, remember like Final Fours and all that? Oh, yeah. Well, that, and that's that's also, like you said, that, and the cost of that one. Again, yeah, I'm not the one to make that decision. But, yeah, again, it's still the state championship game. And sure. if you're playing in it, of course, it you're, uh, you're, doesn't matter where you play. You'll play that in, you'll play that in a parking lot. I and mean, to say that, Mount Tahoma is a nice facility. Beautiful It, it was facility. nice. Yeah, I have no qualms about that. It's a very nice stadium. And the best part of it, of course, elevator. Yeah, you like that. That was good. So <laughs> Elevator to haul the gear upstairs. So Okay, let's talk football. We will talk about venues and things like that. And let's talk about the game that we went and saw and broadcast, and it was the Graham Kapowson Eagles. They win it 44-7 over the Lake Stevens Vikings. Graham Kapowson, 14-0 on the season, the number one seed. They win the championship. The defending champion was Camus back in 2019. And the first – uh, state title for Graham Kapowson, and they were good. They, they were, were very good. Congratulations good. to Eric Curley and, and yep. his squad. He's been the head coach there since day one. I think this is year yep. number 17 and got their first title. They've been close a few times. And, yeah, just very big, very physical, a lot of great skill players. What, three-headed monster running the football out of the out of the uh, tailback position, not to mention the fact that the quarterback, Woods, can run it right. very well, too. Yeah, just a way overpowering, overmatched was uh, Lake Stevens. But again, the Vikings got to a state championship sure. game. I don't care if you get to the game 10 times and don't win it, you still got there 10 times. In their case, it's 0-4, but I'd gladly take four state championship appearances. Well, that's what we always talk about, too. Look, there's 250 other schools. We'll trade you. Yeah, we'll how many schools to- around here have never been to a national or a state championship right, game, right. state semifinals or a state quarterfinal for yeah. that matter? Yeah. So Graham Kapowson wins it, and I had people ask me the rest of the weekend, would it have made a difference if Grayson Murin played? No. no. You had somebody ask you that, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know they don't know. They you know well, it's forty four to seven. I mean they <laughs> yeah. he did, and like I like I told you at the stadium. I mean he doesn't tackle. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't play defense. Right. I mean they Graham Kapowson put up over five hundred plus rushing yards. Yeah. Set a state record for a 4A state championship game. Yeah, I don't care who was playing quarterback. You weren't going to win that game. Well, and they play that tough South Puget Sound League, and they get, went three games before they gave up a single point this season. Yeah, and I can and see why. And that was a field goal. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're good. They're yeah. the real deal. Yeah. Let's move to the 3A, and it was the Kennewick Lions taking on the Bellevue Wolverines at Spark Stadium in Puyallup. Low scoring, Bellevue wins it 17-13. The number one seed, Bellevue, they win it. They go 14-0. Bellevue has 10 titles or, or 12 titles, depends on which side of the, vaca- <laughs> the vacated titles of 2012 I was going to say, which ones, depends on which ones you want to count. You right? want to toss yeah. out. Okay. They, they've, they've played a lot of state championship games, and they've won actual games. You're correct. <laughs> yes, yes. The defending champ was Eastside Catholic, didn't make the final, but Bellevue gets the win 17-13. No surprise at all there. So we move on to the Class 2A, and that was the Linden Lions out of the Northwest Conference. They beat the Tumwater Thunderbirds 21-7. to Linden came in as the number two seed out of the Northwest, and they win it. They go 12-1 and of the season. The defending champion was Tumwater. Linden, five titles in six years between 2008 and 2013. So they, they know how to win football yeah, championships. Representing District 1, right? We're yeah. Not Snohomish County, but still in our district as far as uh, – State classifications are concerned, and two of our Snohomish County teams playing the same conference with them. So, like to see that. And yeah, you're right. Linden's just a powerhouse, as is Tumwater, and not not a huge shocker there. And I guess Although they did win it with their backup quarterback, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did wonder, and I saw this on social media over the weekend as well. Well, that just proves that there should be more teams out of the Northwest Conference. It's a numbers thing. Look, there's five two eight schools. You got two. What are you going to get? You know. The Kinko said, we're taking our two-way teams and we're going to make our own thing and we can get our two rather than combine them like they used to mm-hmm. and get none. 
look, we we do the same thing to the Metro League and to the oh yeah, uh, no, the it's, League. it's always been an interesting argument, and yeah, sure. and for basketball, you hear it all the time with Metro, right? I mean, because so many of their teams would. Their number six team or number seven team, a lot of times in the league, right. would beat a, a league champion in another part of the state. What do you do, I guess? But yeah. I'm glad that I'm not on the uh, the committee that has to deal with those <laughs> issues and those arguments. Yeah, that's true. So that's the win there for Linden. Royal, no question there. Royal, 41. Eatonville, nothing. Royal Knights, the number one seed, 14-0. and They're the defending champ. They've won four of the last five championships. I think they've won five out of the last six, and one yeah. didn't get – because they've won it five out of seven years, and one year there wasn't a championship because right. that was last year. What's the record? Like 80-something and one over the last yeah. seven seasons. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, they had taken out Kings the week before, but 41 nothing over Eatonville. And they weren't – supposedly they weren't even the favorite in that game. I mean, I don't really – I don't watch a lot of 1A football, but you know, our, our friend Ryland Spencer picked Eatonville. I think Todd Millis – from Scorebook Live, they know a lot more than I do about right. single-A football. They all thought Eatonville was going to beat Royal this year. I guess Royal showed that not so fast. they're still the kings, yeah. <laughs> As Coach Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Exactly. Let's go to the 2B, and that was a very close one. Kalama Chinooks beat the Napa Vine Tigers final of 16-14. to Kalama came in as the number one seed. The defending champion was on Alaska, but Kalama also won it in 2017 and 18, so they win it in the 2B final. And in the 1B, eight-man football, the game that was played before our game down at Mount Tahoma High School, it was Almira Cooley Hartline, the Warriors 50, the Quilcene Rangers 20, Almira Cooley Hartline, the number one seed. So of the six entries into the state championship, all the number one seeds won except for Linden was the number two seed. Oh, okay. Didn't realize that. And for the first time since 1990, not a single private school made it to a state championship game. Right, on at any level. At any level. It's kind of a big deal. A very big deal. Especially since it's the same schools over and over <laughs> in some of those classifications. That's true. So Myra Cooley-Hartline wins the 1B. Eight-man football is fun to watch. It's fun. It, they're going and going and going all the time. So Yeah, you you were watching part of that game. Yeah, Blink, right? yeah, yeah. we got there, got there early and watched part of it. So that is what happened in high school football. We put a nice bow on it for Christmas, and we'll – See you next fall with high school football. What's up up next on the show? We're going to talk some basketball. Steve Johnson, the head basketball coach for the Jackson Timberwolves boys team. We'll do that next right here. Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. All right, guys, bring it on in. Now, this is football, men, and there are two things I want you to remember. First, you have to hit hard to make varsity. And second, you need those big earth movers up front. And speaking of big earth movers, GSR Reynolds in Monroe has a huge selection of earth movers and earth moving accessories. Plus, big equipment to get the job done. And for our big victory celebration, GSR Reynolds also has big selections of tables and chairs, everything you need for a party. That's right, go get them, boys. For more information, go to gsrreynolds.com. KRKO is your winner wonderland. Starting Monday, Everett's Greatest Hits KRKO is giving you multiple chances to win a $50 Visa gift card courtesy of Wave, Ultra Fast Internet, 
Even better, when you win, KRKO and WAVE donate another $50 Visa gift card to Volunteers of America, serving families in need. Each winner also qualifies for the weekly grand prize package, including a two-night, two-person stay at Quinault Beach Resort and Casino. Also, a $150 gift certificate to the Beef Jerky Experience, a gift certificate to Judd and Black, and a $2,000 estate planning service from Baxter Legal Services. Tune in weekday mornings with Tim Hunter for your chance to win. All the winner wonderland info is at krko.com supporting the community. It's important now more than ever. That's why the law offices of Dale Wagner and Stanwood proudly supports local high school sports. Since 2005, the team at the law offices of Dale Wagner have been helping their local community with their disability and workman's compensation claims. So if you've been injured on the job in Island, Skagit, or Snohomish County and need help getting the benefits you deserve, look no further than the disability and workman's compensation attorney team at the law offices of Dale Wagner and Stanwood. To find out more, go to Dale Wagner law.com and go Spartans. You went to the clinic when that cough just wouldn't go away. You look to your doctor when your kid falls down and hurts their arm. You encouraged your dad to go in and get that aching knee checked out. We look to our healthcare providers to help us get and stay healthy. Now it's time to trust your doctor about the COVID-19 vaccine. Get the facts, get the vax. Learn more or find out where to get a vaccine near you at snohd.org slash COVID vaccine. Perhaps Sports Weekly continues here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. We put a little bow on our football season. We move to basketball here. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Dale Wagner Law Office, by GSR Rental in Monroe, Ace Hardware Stores and Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, and by Erickson Furniture. Who's up first? Well, you know, we were talking last segment about uh, playing sporting events in the Tacoma Dome. This guy's coached a few games in the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. Steve Johnson, the head basketball coach for the Jackson Timberwolves. Boys team is off to a 2-0 and start this year. Steve, it's uh, it's good to have fans in the stands and, and basketball's back. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and there was an announcer uh, Friday night uh, at Meadowdale just getting that crowd into a frenzy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. He knew what he was doing. But, I was trying. Yeah. You know, I, I was a paid I was a paid gun that night, so you know I don't necessarily <laughs> dislike Jackson. I just had to do what I had to for the home team, Steve, right? Uh, I'm, 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 no, but uh, it was fun um, uh, on Friday night and uh, and Saturday to have a, um, you know, to, yeah, like you said, to get back to kind of a real high school high school game. Not that we weren't appreciative to have the season, you know, we did last year, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely – Definitely nice to have it feel, you know, a lot more like it like it usually does. Well, and you know, since you kind of went down that road, I have to kind of piggyback on that a little bit more. First of all, I should point out I didn't get to a single basketball game in in the spring, so I didn't see any of the fanless huh. games. But the game over at Meadowdale, it was a road game for you guys, but your your fans showed up. They, they were making a lot of noise. I was impressed. It had to be kind of fun for your guys and for you and your coaching staff too to look up there and see the the Jackson student body coming down the road and making some noise for you guys. Yeah, we've we've always had great uh, crowd support. We really have. Um, really, the entire time I've been at Jackson, we've always had uh, you know great student and community support. So yeah, I would agree, I would agree with you. It was definitely nice to see it. Uh, 
you know, kind of kick back into gear again now that we're, like I said, back to a little more normal. So before we start to talk about the team and the personnel, are, are we back to normal in terms of practicing? I mean, what does that look like right now? Is it starting to feel more like it did in 2019, 2020? Early 2020. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's still you know precautions, um, um, etc. With you know masks, except when they're actually playing on on the floor and and uh, you know some testing and things of that nature. And so, look, I mean, like like a lot of things in, in our all of our lives, uh, it's like we we get reminded once in a while that we're we're not totally done, quote unquote, with the pandemic. But um, yeah, so there are some things that are a little different. But uh, you know, generally speaking. Um, um, it's been it's it's felt a lot more normal and it's it's a lot closer to normal, so that's great. Well, and the one thing that I thought was interesting, I was trying to analyze your schedule a little bit earlier today. So I saw you on Friday night at Meadowdale. The very next night, you played a home game against Burlington Edison, and mm-hmm. I, I know these guys are teenagers and they're younger than you and me and Tom, but still, back to back games to start off the season that's uh, that's a little bit challenging. How how are you feeling? The guys did over the weekend. I thought that yeah, I thought they responded pretty well. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it, it's tough um, because we're in a, a as you know, you know, a five team four A league, you know, for the first time. So, um, uh, you know, myself and and the four other four A teams, we're, we have a pretty challenging task of getting twelve non league games, um, and you know, fitting in twelve non league games. So you kind of have to fit them in where you can get them. If that makes sense. So I mean, like you know. You know, Burlington was a team that I thought would be solid, and they had some openings. But you know, you kind of had to fit in, you know, where you could. Um, so, and yeah, in that regard, um, you know, we're playing two tournaments, uh, two different tournaments over the holidays, where it's going to be more like three games in a row. Um, you know, which is the nature of a tournament, and, and your opponents doing the same thing. So, but um, yeah, you know, I think I think that wasn't um, perfect. But you know, I, I, I want, Burlington was a team I thought would be would be a good opponent to play and and it just kind of happened to fit in that you know the night after the Meadowdale game so this is what kind of way it kind of way it worked out was there talk in the western conference about just combining the three a's and the four a's and making everything <clears throat> count and making like two divisions and once through the other side anything like that yeah i mean i think i think uh i think it was discussed i, I mean i think we really wanted uh, despite what i just said that you know the challenge of getting 12 non-league games i think we kind of kind of wanted us to keep it um, you know, five teams. Not that not that the three eight teams aren't aren't great because they are. Uh, it's not a, it's not a competition thing. It's just more uh, being a split league is sometimes challenging. Um, you know, uh, how do you divide up for playoffs? And, and so this is just a little bit, uh, for lack of a better term, a little cleaner. You know, we play our play our eight league games, and then we and then we go and play the the by district with Kinko. So um i don't know remind me of that when when i get done playing my second <laughs> tournament when i when i have to play three games three nights twice <laughs> um, and i drive down to curtis for one of those and kennedy for the other so maybe if you ask me that question on the bus ride home from the second tournament i might say nah let's go back to a uh, uh let's go back to more more league games and have a a combo but yeah it was discussed i, I guess we're going to kind of run with this for a couple of years and See how it is. There's certainly benefits to both ways, and, and like I said, it's not like the it's not like, it's not like a competition thing. It's more just to kind of keep it a little cleaner in terms of being in one league, and then and then and then playoffs, you know, straight from there instead of kind of mixing. But all things being equal, that first week in March, you'd like to play four games in a row, wouldn't you, down in Tacoma? I mean, that'd be yeah, that'd be a great problem to have <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For we'll sure. See, well, hey, tell us a little bit about this team. The one thing I also noted, I again, I was at the game on Friday. 
54 to 42 victory, doing the quick mm-hmm. math, 96 points combined between the two teams. You turn around the next night against Burlington Edison, and it's 79 to 70. Um, is this kind of more of an indication as to what those two opponents were, or who is Jackson this year? Are you more of an up-tempo team, or are we going to see some lower-scoring games at times? Well, we're still trying to figure out who we are. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but um, we like to we like to play up tempo. We would like to you know get up and get some easy baskets. Um, uh, we do you know have some players that can get out on get out on the in the in transition and and do some do some damage. Um, I think that you know both teams shot the ball really well, particularly in the first half. Um, uh, uh, so I, I think that just sort of set the tone for for you know a game with a lot more possessions. I'm talking about the Saturday night game, um, and then you know uh, Meadowdale was I, I think trying to more you know grind it out, and they kind of kind of went to the you know, late in the shot clock, a lot of possessions, and I think that was kind of by design. And you know they did a nice job of that, particularly in the first half. Meadowdale did. So yeah, I mean we would, we would like to get on and, and run a little more. Um, um, uh, so you know hopefully the the, the second one was. I like to play a little better defense than we did <laughs> on Saturday night, but you know, hopefully the pace of the game will uh, will be a little more like the uh, typically Saturday night as opposed to Friday. But you know, we'll we'll see. Well, I know a lot of great players on your team, and two that kind of stand out to me, and I'm a little bit biased here. I was around them uh, somewhat when they were in middle school, so I got mm-hmm. to see them as 13 and 14 year olds, and now they're a lot taller than they used to be. Uh, Drill and Villiu, your, your guard, and Silas Williams, who plays down low. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, the two of them sure are impressive. Yeah, they really come on. Um, uh, I mean, his drilling not much taller than he was in eighth grade. First of all, I'm not sure that's, that's he, true, he was but, a little bit shorter uh, back in eighth grade. So. Yeah, he plays a lot taller. Uh, like, um, uh, yeah, he's a god. He's just a great kid. I mean, he um, you know he plays really really hard and loves being out there and is a great, uh, really positive with all his teammates. And you can just tell he, you can tell he just really enjoys uh, being on the court and being with his teammates and getting to play and, and really you know kind of appreciates. Appreciates every, you know everything about it, um, and um, and uh, and and Silas is uh, yeah you know really come on you know, he played he never even played JV he played he played on our freshman team as a freshman, and then you know improved just a ton between you know freshman year and sophomore year and he was on the varsity last year and they keep a second team all league you know in our shortened season, um, and then has improved a lot. You know, a, a lot in between. Uh, you know, last his sophomore year and now his junior year. So, um, yeah, he's been. Um, you know, those two have been great. You know, Henry Armstrong's been been really improved as well. Our senior uh, point guard, um, Bradley Tharp, has really improved. So, you know, we got some we got some guys with, um, um, you know, kind of I wouldn't say waited their turn, but have kind of developed over time and and uh, and are, um, you know, hopefully going to uh, going to provide good leadership uh, for us. And we should, before we let you go, too, I want to make sure we get the coaches' names out there. I, a few guys that I've seen over the years, I think one or two of them maybe even came and went and then came back. So tell us a little bit about your coaching staff. Yeah, um, uh, JV coach is Mike, Mike Arcliano, great, great, uh, great coach, great guy. He actually played at Montlake Terrace uh, back, I think he graduated 2004, I want to say. Um, uh, you know, he's got like, uh, he works at Boeing and, you know, gosh, just, just, just you know, works hard and he's got young kids and, and then always comes in with a, a great attitude and, and uh, positive energy. And so he, I feel really fortunate to have him on staff. 
Uh, he's married to a Jackson alum, too, so that's got that going for him. But uh, uh, to get a little of that terrace out of him. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, now. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, but, um, and then, um, uh, then Marshall Massingale is a volunteer assistant. He, uh, you know, he played for me. He was a point guard on the uh, 2010 team that uh, played in the state championship game. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, that, that's that's the one I think you're referring to that kind of was on our staff and then and now has come back as a volunteer. Right, so. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then a freshman coach, and then another another former player is volunteering, and then um, another uh, uh, another uh, uh, community member is kind of stepping in and doing a lot of things for us and, and helping out. So yeah, I feel very fortunate. Uh, got, got a good group there. So finally, uh, game on Wednesday night, a home game against Cascade, an improved Bruins team. What are we expecting from uh, from them on Wednesday? You know what? It's, it's funny because with with them being, you know, we didn't play them last year because we were sort of in the separate deal, so. I, uh, gosh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, their coach does a good job, so I'm sure they'll come in, um, you know, uh, well-coached, ready to go. But I, I don't really know their personnel. I mean, and, and their first game was, you know, Oak Harbor. Um, and I, I, we play, we actually didn't play that night, but I, 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 I don't know, call, I guess not driving up to Oak Harbor I, I, I was a reasonable decision. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, so um, I really don't know their personnel. I mean, I know they'll come out. They'll, you know, they've always played hard. Um, uh, they'll always be be ready, and you know I think they'll be well coached. So, um, you know, and it's kind of like an in, uh, inter uh, inter district um, uh, game, and you know kids know each other and kind of kind of neighbors. So, um, um, you know, it should be um, uh, should be a fun environment, and uh, we'll need to you know, continue to to try to earn it and, and improve and get after it. Well, excellent, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of that this year in terms of what asking a coach, what do you think of Team X or Team Y. In some cases, it's been two years, and it's not as though you all were able to get out and watch these games in gymnasiums last year. That's true. Yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, because you don't, and then and not only that, but you know, sometimes usually you like in June in the summer, you might run into each other in tournaments or kind of hear who's doing what. But there's been a lot of you know times that you would normally sort of know about your opponent that it, that didn't happen over the last two years. So yeah, it's it's, it's definitely. I mean, you know, we're working hard to, to scout and get film on people and we'll do a lot of that like we normally have but but there is there are gaps in terms of what you normally know about teams no question yeah gonna be an interesting year and so far so good for jackson off to a 2-0 and start steve johnson as always thank you and uh best wishes to the timberwolves appreciate it thanks you guys thanks for having me you bet there you go steve johnson head coach of the jackson timberwolves boys team who's up next We've got the Shorewood JV girls team. You don't want to miss this one. An interview from earlier today, a young lady who hit a 50-plus foot shot at the buzzer last Friday for a two-point victory over Burlington Edison. We'll do that next. Prep Sports Weekly continues right here on KRKO. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 Law 0842. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. 
The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Enjoy extra savings on Flex Deal Furniture at Erickson Furniture. Flex Deal is made in America, built to last and keep you comfortable. Flex Deal features their patented Dual Flex Blue Steel Spring System, backed by one of the best warranties in the industry. Flex Deal prides itself on providing comfortable and stylish furniture. Now at Erickson, the furniture you want today is in stock and on sale. Plus, enjoy interest free financing for one full year during the Flex deal savings events at Ericsson Furniture 2015 Broadway and online at ericksonfurniture.com. Please take time to pray for those who do not have their loved ones with them during this holiday season. This message courtesy of Tim's Barbershop, proudly serving our area with quality and excellence. Stop by 407 15th Avenue East in Seattle or call 206-322-5651. 206-322-5651. That's Tim's Barbershop. On the air because they care. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Welcome back to Prep Sports Weekly and quite possibly a first for us ever here on the radio show. We're featuring a couple of junior varsity basketball players. And why would we not? They were part of a play on Friday night that might have been the greatest basketball play I've ever seen in a Wesco game ever on any level. And joining us right now are the two stars, Caitlin Spatafora who hit a 50-foot-plus shot at the buzzer to beat Burlington Edison, 41-39. And Lily Dahl also joining us. Lily was the one who threw her the outlet pass off of a rebound, off a missed shot from a Burlington Edison player with three seconds to go. Also joining us right now, Emily Zentz, the JV basketball coach for the team. And, Kaylin, I've got to start with you. Probably one of the most, if not the most, remarkable finish I've ever seen in a Wesco game. No questions asked. You just hit a 50-something foot shot, a sports center moment type of a shot, really. It should have been on ESPN. Tell me a little bit about how you were feeling. Did, first of all, did you know it was good right when you threw it up? Um, there was a second where I thought it was going to fall short because I didn't know I could even get it to the hoop. But then as I landed, I was like, okay, that actually might get there. And then that might go in because it looked like it was heading towards the hoop in the right kind of way. So let's talk to Emily Zentz about it, the, the, the JV basketball coach. And we should point out, three seconds to go. You fouled the Burlington Edison team to put them on the line. Burlington Edison has a one-point lead. 
And again, not a lot of time left on the clock, just enough time for Lily to get a rebound, kick it out. Caitlin takes one dribble and fires it up. First of all, three seconds left, you had timeouts. Were, were you thinking about, hey, if one of these girls grabs a rebound, call a timeout? Or did you think, well, there's only three seconds left, just let them do what they can with it? I definitely wanted to see what they could do with it with three seconds left on the clock. Um, I knew calling a timeout, there wasn't much we could make happen at the throw-in on that one. So I was giving them a chance to see what they could do. So, Lily, what's your mindset underneath the basket? You're the one that came up with the rebound. You grab that ball. Are you immediately thinking, I've got to look for an outlet? Or are you thinking, maybe I only have enough time to turn and shoot myself? What was going through your mind at that point? Um, I was thinking more about we just needed to get the ball down the court. So I was ready to like fully just chuck it down for someone if someone was down there to like shoot a layup. But then like Caitlin was there, and I just passed it to her. And in my mind, I just... Like, I don't remember if I actually said anything or just thought it, but I was just thinking, like, shoot it. Caitlin, 1.4 seconds left. I, I, I went down and watched it frame by frame. I had to. And again, if anybody gets a chance, we're posting this up on our Twitter account, also our Instagram for KRKO. You need to watch this video. It is incredible. You get the ball with 1.4 seconds left. You're at the opposing team's free throw line. Did you think you had enough time to get, uh, I mean, you took one dribble and fired it. Were you thinking almost, maybe I should just fire it from here? What was, I mean, obviously you only have a second to react, but how much was going through your mind at that point? How much can you think about it at that point? Um, well, right before the ref handed that girl who shot the free throw the ball, I looked up at the clock and I saw how much time there was left and I thought, okay, I'm pretty sure that someone's going to have to take a long shot. And then I was thinking, I really want to be the one to take that shot. <laughs> like, I'm going to be that person. I don't know. I just had a feeling that I could do it. So I just remember um, call, yelling my head off for Lily to give me the ball. And then, um, I don't know, I just shot it. Every, t every time I see the play, I see something a little bit different. One of the things I noted is that as soon as you shoot that ball, another defender comes out at you right away, and it almost looks like the two of you may have collided. You were kind of flying through the air, and when you came down and she had her hand up, a little bit of a crash there. You also had another girl who was coming at you with a fairly long wings wingspan trying to block it. Did you notice those two players in the moment? Again, there's so much adrenaline going on, I've got to think, too. Um, honestly, not so much. I was kind of... I was mainly focused on the hoop and like um, shooting that shot. I saw there was this one girl kind of coming for me from the side, but I kind of just phased that out and put all my might into the shot. Lily, from where you stood, did you know it was good right away? Did you think it had a chance? Um, yeah, like as soon as I passed it to Caitlin and as soon as she shot it, I was like kind of right behind her. And as soon as she shot, I just like had this feeling. I was like, that's good. It has to be good. Co Coach, what about you? What were your thoughts from the sideline? It looked really good from the release on. I was pretty sure it was going in. Now, we've got a, we've got a special guest here with us as well. Former Prep Sports Weekly co-host, longtime writer for the Everett Herald, now an assistant coach here at Shorewood, Aaron Lommers. And Aaron, uh, you were the reason that I even got word about this video because I saw you posted it on social media. I've, I've, never, I've never seen you move like that before. You were jumping all over the place. I didn't know you could jump that high. So tell me what it was like for you from the sideline. Um, well, the overhead view, um, I got to see how bald I really am from the stands. I noted that too, but I wasn't going to say anything. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, no, it was it was just an amazing moment. I mean, Coach Glasser and I were sitting there watching together, and I think he even made a comment like right as she was about to shoot, like that's got to go in or something like that. And it left her hand, and it looked good. And then it was just kind of a surreal moment for all of us.
Tell me about the celebration afterwards, because that's always a big deal. So, Caitlin, as soon as you make the basket, immediately are, are the rest of your teammates coming in and jumping all over you? What was that like for you? Again, is it one of those moments where it's happening so fast you didn't have a chance to take it in? Yeah, it was happening really fast for a moment. Like, I know that there was some person who hugged me, but I can't remember who it was at first. And then all of a sudden, um, one of my friends, Ella, she's just, like, hugging me. And then another teammate of mine, Emily, comes up. And then there was all of us, especially people who were on the court. We were just, like, in one big huddle on the, in the center of the court. And we were just hugging and crying because it was so intense. And it was really fun. It was really, it was really great. I- I'm guessing Lily might have been one of them that came up. Yeah, from- I remember. I think, I think you might have been the first one to hug me because I was rewatching it. And she was trailing right next to me. And then she jumped up in the air and ran towards me. So. Well, Lily, that's impressive because if you were the first one to hug her, you must be super quick because you were as far away from the basket as you could be. You got the rebound. So did you just sprint down right away? Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, as soon as I saw it, like, leave her hands, I stood there for a second, and then it went in, and I just, like, sprinted over. I was so, so, so excited because I was just like, we won that game. And right in the middle of the, of the interview here, Brandon Glasser, the new head coach for the Shorewood varsity team, team just came over to join us. Brandon, what is, it, what is it like for you? Because, again, new to the program, although we'll get to this in a moment, I know you know a lot of these girls already. They're your, your daughter's age, so you've coached them in the past. But f- for you to see one of your teams in the program get a victory like this early in the season, kind of a cool experience. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, I, the cool thing that I thought about in that moment was how so – they were just prepared and they were living in that moment. Um, you could even see if you slow it down, you can see everybody's blocking out, doing their job. They're just determined to play it to the last, to the last shot. And so we did it. And, I, and like Coach Lummer said, it was right when she let go, you just kind of felt like it had this special release and it was going to go in. It did. And not only that, the, the players came storming onto the field. The coaches came out onto the field. Santa Claus came out onto the court. I said the field, it's the court. <laughs> Santa Claus came out onto the court. That's something I've never seen before. Early December, what's, first of all, Caitlin, maybe I'll ask you since you're the one that shot the ball. What is Santa Claus doing on the bench anyway in early December? Um, well, it was one of our home games, and throughout the sports program, no matter what sport it is, we kind of have a theme for each game that's home, and our theme was holiday. So someone dressed up as Santa Claus. <laughs> Aaron's over here laughing. Coach Lommers, you are the head coach of the C team, right? Yeah. So I, I believe that was one of your players? Yeah, that's uh, Sadie Schindler. Um, she is a character, to say the least. Um, dressed up as Santa Claus, yeah, and stormed the court when Caitlin hit the shot. Um, and she's very proud of it, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> As she should be. Yeah. I want to know who shot the video. Because, again, not only do you have to have all the key components in place to make a, a play like this happen, somebody has to actually have the phone out, hit the record button, and capture everything in the moment. Do we know who shot the video? Coach? We have a, we have a couple clips. from. We have one from both sides, right? So Dexter Santiago, Gabby, who plays on our JV um, her dad took that, I think, the video you're, you're talking about. Um, and then was it McKenna's dad? Yeah. Doug McDonald took on the other side. So you can go out there and find both, both angles. It's pretty sweet. So when did you get a chance to first finally see the video, Caitlin? Um, I remember going up to Maya and asking if she had the clip, and she didn't. And then I got home, and she then sent me the clip Gabby's dad had took and McKenna's dad sent me that clip so I just watched him over and over so this is during a JV game you have a varsity game that happens afterwards you didn't get to see the clip until you got home no I guess I didn't <laughs> I was just kind of replaying it in my mind and that was enough 
Lily, how many times have you watched the clip? I've watched it about 25 times, and I don't even have any affiliation with the team. Yeah, I've watched it definitely a lot of times. Um, I think the first time I saw it was also like later after the varsity game. And like as soon as I saw it, I was just like, this is absolutely amazing that I was caught on video. Aaron, why did, did we try to get this thing to go viral? I mean, is, you said somebody sent it to SportsCenter, right? Yeah, I sent it to, uh, I tweeted it to ESPN's uh, SportsCenter Top 10. Um, I, the first video that I had was a little, was not great. Um, it was a little uh, rough, but the second video was good. Um, haven't heard back there. And then I also sent it to just locally uh, to King5, to Paul Selvey. Um, heard back from him that the video was a little rough, and then I sent him the better copy, so hopefully he'll have it on there sometime this week. So it just kept trickling down until finally KRKO got a hold of it, and now yeah. here we are talking. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's going <laughs> Well, and also I've got to ask, because it's one of those moments where if this happens during a varsity game, everybody gets dressed right after the game and heads home. It's a JV game. You're sitting here, you make the basket, you change out of your, your gear, and then you're up in the stands for the varsity game. Were people talking? Was there a buzz going out throughout the, uh, the building? Um, I remember that throughout the varsity game and as varsity was warming up, there were definitely a lot of people saying, like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. Congratulations. And I remember my dad, he even, like, picked me up and spun me because he was just so excited. And, and then I remember after some of the guys who had practiced in the ox gym were saying that, they had to stop practice because it was so loud because of all the cheering. And then they were also saying, like, good job after that. So I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Now, your sister's in the program, too, right? So what's her name? Um, Vanessa Spadafora. So Vanessa, did the two of you, I would think, it's a, is it a basketball family? The two of you play together. Yeah, we play together. So big deal for her, too? Did she uh, come out and congratulate you right away? Yeah, she, she definitely ran out. So a lot of fun all around. And I guess I should ask, too, and we just lost Coach Glasser to practice here, so I guess that falls on the other two coaches here. First year for Coach in the system. Aaron, I know you've been here for a few years now. Coach Zenz, how long have you been in the program? Brand new to this program. Brand new. So how are things going so far? Couldn't be better. It's, been, it's been great working at the team and working, figuring it out together. Aaron, besides the two players here, um, tell me how things are going for you in the first couple weeks of practice and first week of playing. Um, it's been awesome. I, I've known a lot of these, um, a lot of the girls for a few years. Actually, Lily was on my team last year on the C team. Um, so it's been awesome. Uh, Coach Glasser is really cool. Um, I like how things have been going so far with him. Um, I, think the, I think all the girls really respect him and like him. Um, obviously, a moment like this is something that kind of jump starts the cat it's a kind of a catalyst for the program a little bit um, which is really cool um, we've got a lot of really young talent in the program a lot to be excited about um, I think the future is going to be pretty bright for for this team very good and, and Lily I'm guessing you're a, a forward then forward slash center um, yeah we sort of just go by like number system so I play like the five like the post and like that, yeah. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we want to make sure we get some of the names out. For your JV team, since we don't usually get to call them out by name, tell me about some of the other uh, threes, fours, and fives that play on this team with you. Um, some of the other, like, fives who play on the team. So there's Ella Emanuel and McKenna McDonald. And um, then McKenna also plays as a four along with Caitlin. And um, I think, yeah, those are our main fours. Uh, some of our threes, I believe, there's uh, Emily Lynn and Jasmine McGlashan, and then some of our, like, ones and twos, it's um, 
like Maya Glasser and uh, Gabby Santiago. Okay, and Caitlin, you, you, oh, we got more there? I, I, I think I got We got, got both. There was quite a few names there. How about some of the guards? Um, I remember that I think in the game with me, it was Maya Glasser, Bridget Cox, and Jasmine McGlashan. And then obviously Lily is a five and I was a four. And then my sister, she's either a one or a two. And Emily is like a one or two. Gabby Santiago, whose dad shot the video, um, she's also a one or a two. It kind of flows between who's in and when. Coach, I've got the cheat sheet out here. Did we get everybody in? They did get everybody. <laughs> Give me a quick rundown on the varsity team. Who are we looking at from the Thunderbirds this year? Yeah, I can I can jump in. Uh, so we have um, our freshmen that were we got a few freshmen that we're really excited about. Uh, Riley Getman um, is starting as a freshman on varsity, and she's just she's somebody to watch for sure. Um, we also have Jill Fry, who's um, on the fresh on varsity as a freshman this year, and then we have. Um, Caitlin's sister Vanessa swinging. Um, we have um, Joy Brandenstein, who's actually going to be a pretty good player for us, but she currently has an ankle injury and not playing. Um, but yeah, so we have it's it's a really young team, um, and it, it kind of bodes well for the future. Like if you look at the roster, we don't have a single senior, um, so it's going to be the next few years are going to be pretty exciting for us for sure. An exciting time indeed around here, not only from the standpoint of a new head coach at the helm, some new players in place, but also some newfound fame from a 50-foot-plus shot to win the game again. Uh, you, you also called us the Thunderbirds. You know that uh, we're not going to be the Oh, that's the name is changing. Yeah, Go ahead. voted on it today. Oh, you uh, breaking news right here. Okay, get, I haven't heard this. We Give it to me. I not the results yet, though. But. So, so the breaking news is that the vote happened today. Yeah, it's, Did, uh, the choices were Storm Rays, Thunder, Thundercats, or um, Wave. Yeah, those were the four finals. Okay, so let's hear who the girls voted for. Lily, what was your vote? Um, they don't have to tell you their vote. <laughs> do, you, do you want to share your vote? Do you have a favorite of those names? Um, I don't. Yeah, I didn't know. I wasn't really sure between Thunder or Storm Rays, so I ended up just going with, like, Storm Rays because I don't know why. But How about you, Caitlin? Do you have a favorite? Um, I thought they were – I actually – I don't think I can remember which one I voted for, but I thought they were all really good options because they all had um, really good backstories and all still incorporated Thunder into the name. So I thought they were – Pretty good options. Yeah. Okay. And Coach Lommers doesn't want to share his vote, it sounds like. So didn't you didn't vote. And how about you, Coach? I don't get a vote, but <laughs> I like the wave personally. So So stay tuned. Again, I, I tried to convince people not to do Thunder just because of the whole Seattle Supersonics, Oklahoma City thing, and I just mm. don't want that to happen. Um, but we'll see. I don't, know, I don't know how how much power I really have. Always looking outside the box. We like that. Well, again, Big night the other night. Congratulations, Caitlin, on a phenomenal finish to that game. Lily, great job getting the rebound and getting it out to her. Coach, congratulations on the, uh, the W. Coach Lommers, keep doing what you're doing here. Good to see you as always. And uh, best wishes to the Shorewood basketball team. There we go. And I just put that video up on KRKO's Twitter page about five minutes ago. We'll put it on Instagram later, too. It was a really cool-looking shot. Do you have a preference, by the way, for those four names? Well, I kind of like the wave. The Shorewood Wave. Is it the wave? See, we were trying to figure out if she said wave or waves. I don't know. Like Pepperdine, like you mentioned. But I don't – he brings up a good point about Thunder. Yeah, I don't – And that won't go over well here, obviously, because of a certain basketball team that resides in Oklahoma City. But but Storm Rays? 
what storm is rays and storm the, ray and the thundercats they're trying to incorporate the word thunder that yeah. to carry it over i get yeah. but yeah, i don't know we'll see what they choose so stay tuned we shall see and what's up next we're going to talk to brian elfie the head coach at edmonds woodway for the boys wrestling team their first tournament in almost two years took place on saturday prep sports weekly continues on krko Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you. And pretty soon, you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Mugletillo. Call 425-375-0860 today. Because coverage counts. Glass by Lund, serving the greater Puget Sound area since 1967 with quality work, exceptional service, and fair pricing. It's their honest reputation that has placed Glass by Lund among the top-rated glass companies in the area for quality based on customer satisfaction. So the next time you're in need of window repair or replacement, shower doors, mirrors, deck railings, residential or commercial, why not call the place that has glass in their name? Glass by Lund. To schedule your free estimate, go to glassbylund.com. As a business owner, you know a different side of restaurants than most people. You know the long nights, the stressful days, the grease fires in the kitchen. And still, you keep the orders coming and the service friendly. But sometimes you need a little help. The food service equipment professionals at Hattrick Northwest are dedicated to serving Snohomish County restaurants by giving them the proper guidance and sincere answers they need when it comes to food service equipment. We know food service because we've done food service. Hattrick Northwest. When you call us, you get us. Find us online at hattrick-northwest.com. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Locally owned, veteran owned. The hometown handyman is proud to support local sports. Student athletes are an inspiration to us all, playing for their community and their teammates, showing good sportsmanship and working hard in the classroom and in practice. The hometown handyman believes in hard work and integrity, supporting community, seniors, veterans, and first responders. If you've got items on your to-do list that need to be crossed off, go to hometownhandymanpnw.com and support local. Hometownhandymanpnw.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Well, we've talked girls basketball and we've talked boys basketball. Let's talk some wrestling. Yeah, our first time in a while. Brian Alfie, the head coach for the Edmonds Woodway Warriors boys wrestling team, joins us. They just hosted a 24-team tournament over on Saturday. And Brian, first of all, how are you sleeping these days? I know baby number three just arrived <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we bought a house last week, too, so I'm not sure we can do anything more in the last three weeks. Uh, these coaches having babies and buying it. We had another one, a situation like that with uh, Coach Darrow, our yeah. Monroe football coach, did the same two things during football season. So, yeah, crazy times for you, but you know what? A nice problem to have. The guys are back on the mats and they're wrestling again. It's been a while since we've seen a tournament like this. 
It, yeah, it's been 22 months since, uh, you know, it was pretty fun to be with all the coaches and competitors again. It's uh, something that we haven't had in a while. One of our mantras in our program is grateful for the opportunity to compete. And that was pre-COVID, and now that's it's more relevant than ever. Hard to get teams to want to participate in large tournaments right now? No, I think that there's actually a huge appetite for it because a lot of us aren't going to get overnight travel. So for us, we're a program that travels quite a bit, and we're not going to have that opportunity. So uh, finding these tournament fields that are going to be a little bit bigger, you're going to find Lake Stevens in the Everett Classic this year where they only have the one overnight, and they went to Montana the first weekend, and you won't see them at Tri-State. So you, when you can only go so far in the morning on that Saturday, some of these tournaments like Gut Check and the ones that are more local are just going to be more heightened to, to support and go find tough competition because that's the best thing you can do to prepare your wrestlers for postseason. Now, you didn't have fans in the stands on Saturday, correct? No, we didn't. We were one of the first people to get our tournament approved, and optics-wise, we told them we're going to cut down our tournament teams. We went from 35 to 24, but in reality, some of those teams were, we just said, hey, you can just bring your best kids. We don't want to bring your whole lineup. So of those 24, about eight of them held their team to seven or less. So really, we cut our tournament field down. The tournament finished a lot quicker because of that, and <laughs> uh, no fans in the stands, and we had great optics and put a good plan in place that we knew we could get approved early. And whatever came our way between August and December, we knew that we had a plan that we were going to be okay with. So I would assume that the plan moving forward for smaller tournaments or even like dual meets or whatever, fans will be yeah, welcome fans. at those times. Yeah, our tournaments are so big. You know, you you get 300 competitors, and you start to get all the coaches, and when you start to add it up, just with the people participating in the event and table help, we're at 500 people, and to add another 700 people for the gate, it just felt like that might start to snowball on us. So it, it was the right balance, you know, just to make sure that we were safe and had everybody ready to go. All the wrestlers, uh, they're COVID testing twice a week if they're not vaccinated. So there's a lot of procedures in place that are, you know, making sure we have a safe season. Yeah, and your your sport is so tough. I mean, Tom and I have talked about it on the air and off the air over the last year and a half. Uh, so many sports were starting to feel more and more comfortable, especially outdoor sports. You guys are indoors, and you're right on top of one another, literally, uh, during these matches. And we're still dealing with some things in, in our society, and there's still a pandemic. Uh, how has it changed in terms of the way you prepare for matches, the way that matches are actually conducted? And also, what kind of numbers are we looking at? I, I mean, are, are, do you have the same numbers you normally would during yeah, a non-pandemic? Our numbers, our numbers bounce back up. So we're, we're over 50 athletes, but it's created a really interesting dynamic. We had... Um, we had over 20 freshmen at practice today, and we haven't had middle school wrestling in the last two years. So half of our lineup looks like they're they're ready to go win a, a team trophy and compete at the highest levels. And then we have half that are freshmen, sophomores that haven't had a middle school season and maybe only had a five-week season for a pandemic. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. We don't have the same continuity. Normally these kids, if they're freshmen, they've wrestled for us for two years. They know all of our drills. They come in, and there's a cadence that they're ready to go. These guys, you know, they've been wrestling for three weeks, so they're working hard and their the numbers are great. But you just have two different dynamics. So I think that's probably the thing we felt the biggest shift as coaches is you just haven't had you have this kind of brain drain. We have you know we ran a tournament for the first time in 22 months. There's little things we we missed that we weren't as efficient as we normally are when we're running two tournaments a year. Talk a little yeah. bit about the results of your tournament. I know Celo won. You, your team took fourth out of 24. Good, good wrestling right now. Are we are we starting to see yeah, some, some talent around here? Yeah, we, we're we're definitely slow to peak. So we haven't even wrestled a six minute live match in practice yet. 
and that was a tough tournament field. We took fourth at that tournament the year. We took second in state in 2020. So this is, you know, right where we want to be. And we had some great individual performances in a tough tournament field. So we had 19, 18 or 19 teams from the 3A field that were at that tournament. So we feel like we got a pretty good look. Hermiston and Yelm finished above us from 3A. Sila, I'm not sure if they're 2A or 1A, but they're they're darn tough. And then Kelso was right behind us. We got we got a really good look at some of the people that we'll see at the state tournament. We got some things we can work on. And we feel we're right there in the mix with the top teams and have a lot of room to get better. Well, give a few shout-outs. Who are some of your key guys that were performing well over the weekend? Alec Russ pinned his way through the tournament. He's just a, he's a fun athlete to watch. He's a starting quarterback on the football team. You know, he's got a chance to win a state title in pole vault, and he's got a, state, a, a chance to win a state title in wrestling. Alex Rappelje, a defending state champ, he got outstanding wrestler. Russell Hare put together a great tournament and made his way to the finals. Justice Whitaker. Jacob Parr, George Quintons were all in the semis. So we had some great individual efforts there. Cannon Kennard took seventh. I, uh, just just overall, yeah, great great little run. I feel like some guys. of those names I've been hearing for three or four years, I, some of them might even have brothers, right, because I feel like I've heard the names for many years. And Rappel J, Whitaker, and Rust all yeah. have little brothers that are sixth grade to eighth grade right now, too. So those names aren't going anywhere. It's that nice little feeder program for you coming from those yeah, families. They're all, they're all in the rhinos. They're all hanging out with, the, <laughs> with an Alfie somewhere, are they? Well, very cool. Well, again, it's nice to have wrestling back. It's good to see you guys are doing well. Uh, any other big tournaments coming up for you guys or any tournaments that maybe fans of wrestling should know about that they can maybe check out here locally? We're going to go to the Cater next weekend, and that's going to be a pretty solid tournament field. But I think our biggest tournament on the calendar this year will be Gut Check. We'll still see. Uh, they'll, I think they're going to be at 60, 70 teams, but they're going to run out of Kent Shower Arena, so they have a ton of space. They have a ton of maps. And that's a tournament that's affected Blair Academy, one of the perennial national powers that have been ranked as high as number one in the country and consistently in the top ten. They've made their way out to that tournament. So that's probably the biggest, biggest toughest tournament that we can get to within driving distance for no overnight trips for us. That's, that's going to be the one, and that's going to be New Year's Eve and New Year's Day of all days. Oh, I didn't want to let you go. I didn't want to let you go either without mentioning one more thing. I know uh, Mike Hanchett was one of your former coaches, your mentor who passed away uh, not too long ago special award for him this year is that what i heard we've we've had that so that's one of the cool things you know we didn't have any new traditions it was just you know there's kind of a nice piece of knowing that coach knows we're going to continue to honor him he went 29 years without a misconduct and we've had this from when he retired and we've been doing this award for the past 10 years and uh the coach of the best sportsmanship at the tournament they get the handshake award this year um it was nice a lot of votes just came in for edmonds woodway so riley standard wrestled for for coach for four years, and Coach Hanchett's wife was there and was able to present the award. It was pretty special. The other the other two awards, the Cook Cook Award for Outstanding Wrestler, he was the old Woodway Edmonds Woodway coach. His grandson, Dylan Grenard, is a multiple-time college All-American, but he's on our staff now, and that's the first time that he's been with us and got to present that award. So there are some people that were there were some pretty warm and fuzzy feelings on the gym on Saturday. Excellent stuff. Well, again, uh, hey, good to have you guys back. Good to see that everything went safely and that uh, – we're able to get through one tournament, hopefully many more to come. Uh, Brian Alfie, the head wrestling coach for the boys at Edmonds Woodway, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for your support, guys. There you go, Brian Alfie, head coach, wrestling coach at Edmonds Woodway High School. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Dale Wagner Law Office by GSR Rental in Monroe, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, Erickson Furniture, Hometown Handyman, Screen Printing Northwest, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Hat Trick Northwest, 
Buzz-In Steakhouse and by McLean Insurance in Silver Lake. Who did we have on the show today? Tonight we had Brian Johnson, the boys basketball coach at Jackson High School. We didn't Steve, ta- Steve Johnson. I said Brian Johnson, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. See, I'm but, Brian Johnson. But, or, yeah, or, or ACDC's lead singer, either or. <laughs> Steve will take either one, right? Steve Johnson. I should know the name Steve. It's my name for crying out loud. <laughs> Steve Johnson from Jackson. Normally I would call him Steve Jackson if I messed Steve up. Steve Jackson from yeah. Johnson. Steve yeah. Johnson from Jackson High School. We're never going to get off the air. <laughs> We've got the Shorewood JV girls basketball team tonight. Caitlin Spadafora, who hit a 50-foot plus shot to win the game on Friday night, along with teammate Lily Dahl. Assistant coach, who is the varsity or the JV coach, Emily Zentz. We also took, heard from Aaron Lommers. Yes. And Brandon Glasser, the new head coach at Shorewood. And then finally, last but certainly not least, the uh, father of three now, Brian Alfie, the wrestling coach over at Edmonds Woodway. And we are back with you tomorrow night. It's high school basketball action. Big game. On the girls' side, it's the Snohomish Panthers and the Glacier Peak Grizzlies. Mr. Boyer and I will be out at Glacier Peak High School, 7 o'clock pregame show, 7.15 tip-off right here in Carrickville, Snohomish and Glacier Peak tomorrow night. The and battle for Snohomish. The battle for Snohomish. And we're back with you next week on Prep Sports Weekly. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Right here on KRKO, good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
Talking with David, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. Billy Joel, Piano Man. K-R-K-O!